Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan. And I'm Jenny Beck Esme. So Jenny, I heard that you just got back from Minnesota giving a little Grand Rounds. Yeah, I got to visit my old friends at Regions. I rotated there as a medical student for a lot of my uh, rotations, so I got to see some friends, hang out with some of the faculty and the residents. It was great. That's very cool. Now, you know, you don't usually get to do Grand Rounds as a resident, so that must have been a fun experience. It was really fun. I got to talk about uh, the Feminine Project and women's professional development, which I'm really glad they were interested in. That's awesome. I think it's becoming a larger and larger topic as far as people actually paying attention to these things. So for our listeners, go on over and check out the Feminem site. If you haven't checked it out, it's, um, you know, there's articles. It seems like there's a new article every day, but you guys have a lot coming out on a weekly basis. It gives a lot of perspectives on the things that we really do need to pay attention to in our careers. Yeah. And the content isn't really only for women. I mean, it's kind of that's the main focus, but a lot of the content is really for everybody. So anyone can check it out. All right, Jenny. So let's dive into the content that we want to take on this week. So this week, one of our PGY3s, Alan Guinea, gave a short talk on some delivery emergencies. So I thought we could touch on this. Wait, you mean the same Alan Guinea who makes all of those wonderful videos that we have on the blog? Doesn't he do a great job? Yes, that is the one and the same Alan Guinea. He does do a great job, but please tell me there was no live demonstration of delivery because that seems like exactly what he would do. Yeah, you would think he would try, but we didn't do that this week. So Alan used his time to focus on the three uh, common delivery emergencies, cord prolapse, nuchal cord, and shoulder dystocia. Now, when you say common, these are common amongst the emergencies, but overall, they're pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. Most deliveries are going to be very simple. Let's be honest, doctors weren't needed for deliveries for thousands of years, so the majority of the time, the baby pretty much delivers itself. You just cut the cord, wrap the baby up, and all is right with the world. Despite that fact, we do get pretty anxious about this, and I think a lot of our anxiety comes from the fact that we don't do a lot of deliveries, and there is the potential for some bad stuff to happen. So let's start with cord prolapse. Basically, the umbilical cord drops through the open cervix into the vagina ahead of the baby. That's obviously not supposed to happen. Now, you'll know the cord is prolapsed because when you do your sterile glove exam, you're going to feel the cord. The danger here is that the cord will get compressed against the baby's head and all blood flow to the baby will be cut off. The management here is simple. The patient needs an emergent C-section and your job is to get them to the operating room. And while you're rallying your GYN team or your OB team, you want to tell the patient not to push and to minimize any manipulation. If you can, replace the cord, or you may be able to just elevate the presenting part of the baby off the cord to relieve pressure. Additionally, you can drop the patient into Trendelenburg, and you can place a Foley catheter to retrofill the bladder. What that does is it actually helps to, again, elevate the presenting part, take stress off the cord, and make sure there is some blood flow going to the baby. Let's move from cord prolapse to another umbilical cord issue, and that's the nuchal cord. Nuchal cord is when the umbilical cord becomes wrapped 360 degrees around the fetal head. This one is actually pretty common, so Alan quoted it occurring in somewhere between 15 to 34% of patients. That's about one in three. Swami, you've got three kids. Any of them with a nuchal cord? No, 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 no. No nuchal cords on our side. But just for the record, all three of them were born alien style, you know, directly pushing their way through the abdominal wall, jumping out and then skittering across the room. 
your wife must have loved that. And she must have been (laughs) so proud. So proud. And she's not going to listen to this particular podcast. (laughs) So despite the nuchal cord being relatively common, Alan notes that it's unclear how much of an emergency this actually is. Most aren't wrapped too tightly and the fetus isn't dependent on their airway at this point anyway. Usually you can just slide the loop over the head. The key is to be gentle and not to tear the cord. And that brings us to the much less common but truly anxiety-provoking shoulder dystocia. Jenny, we discussed a case that you had a while back on the podcast. So any deja vu or PTSD when Alan brought this up? Deja vu maybe, but definitely not PTSD. This was one of my proudest moments as a doctor, and I felt so prepared to tackle it because I had just simmed it the day before. It's always nice when that works out. And I know that we mentioned this back on the podcast, but lots of stuff that we actually learn in conference translates to what we see in practice, which, you know, is what it's supposed to do. But when it's so close in time, it just really nails home how important the education that we do is. So it was really nice that you got the sim with the OBs to go through shoulder dystocia, and then you actually had the case and you didn't feel overwhelmed by it. You know, I think this is, again, something that's very anxiety provoking because it can go wrong very easily. So let's drop a little bit into this topic. You're going to recognize shoulder dystocia when you can't deliver the fetus's anterior shoulder with the simple, gentle downward traction on the head that we're all taught to do. That anterior shoulder is impacted behind the maternal pubic symphysis, and that limits delivery. You're often going to see the turtle sign, which is basically retraction of the fetal chin back onto the maternal perineum after the head has already been delivered. Again, this isn't terribly common, but it does occur in up to 7% of deliveries, so it's something you're maybe going to see. There are a number of maternal complications like vaginal and perineal tears, as well as fetal complications like clavicle fractures, brachial plexus injuries, hypoxic brain injury, and even death. Now, while your focus should be on maneuvers to disengage the shoulder and complete the delivery, you should also have someone set up with the necessary equipment for fetal resuscitation after the delivery as well. Get a warmer, airway equipment, oxygen, and all of that stuff. Back to the actual delivery now. Since the issue is impaction of the anterior shoulder against the pubic symphysis, your job is to disengage the shoulder to facilitate delivery. There are a number of maneuvers to do this, and they are beautifully reviewed in your Core EM post on shoulder dystocia, as well as in a nice review article that was published in the Journal of Emergency Medicine back in 2014. Again, we'll drop links to both of those in the show notes. Once you've recognized shoulder dystocia, start by telling mom to stop pushing. Next, you can increase the AP diameter of the pelvis by draining the bladder with a Foley catheter. From here, you're going to go to the McRoberts Maneuver. This is recommended by the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology as your go-to maneuver. Basically, you have a couple of assistants hold mom's legs hyperflexed all the way up to her chest, flexed at the hip and the knee. You're basically pressing the knees up into the chest. This maneuver causes cephalic rotation of the pubic symphysis, flattens the lumbar lordosis, and increases the pelvic outlet diameter, and that resolves about 40% of shoulder dystocia. So something really easy that can have a huge impact on your ability to deliver. You can also add a little bit of suprapubic pressure to this maneuver to increase your chances of delivery. In this position, you're going to provide the standard downward traction on the fetal head and deliver one shoulder at a time. If McRoberts doesn't work, we recommend moving to the wood screw method. Here, two fingers are inserted into the vagina posteriorly, and you apply pressure to the anterior surface of the posterior shoulder to rotate the infant. 
The posterior shoulder is the one that's not impacted on the pubic symphysis. This rotation will hopefully disengage the anterior shoulder. You can also apply pressure to the posterior shoulder in the other direction, aptly named the reverse wood screw method. If none of this works, you can move on to the Gaskin maneuver where you place mom on hands and knees and apply gentle downward traction on the head. This allows the posterior shoulder to get delivered in up to 80% of patients. In a pinch, if you don't have an OB around, you can also perform an episiotomy, but fortunately, most shoulder dystocias don't get that far. You know what would be nice, Jenny? If we had a short mnemonic so we could remember all of this. Is that possible? Could you just throw one together on the spot? you are in luck because I have got one. It's the helper mnemonic, H-E-L-P-E-R. H is for help. Call OB, neonatology, and anesthesia. E is for episiotomy to increase access. L, legs flexed in the McRoberts maneuver. P, pressure. Apply suprapubic pressure. E, enter the vagina to perform the wood screw or reverse wood screw maneuver. And R, remove the posterior arm first. That was pretty good. I can't believe you threw that together on the spot. It's not easy to make up a mnemonic on the spot like that, but you're a real pro, Jenny. (laughs) Obviously. So obviously there are lots of options here, but you want to try and complete this delivery within about five minutes. In fact, Alan even suggests once you recognize there's dystocia that you want to actually start a timer so that you know that you haven't gone too long. The longer you take to deliver, the more likely you get some dangerous fetal hypoxia. And so five minutes is the number that is usually put on here. Again, if nothing is working, you can perform the Zavarelli maneuver. And this is basically where you push the baby back in. Now, usually we don't recommend people doing that, but this is something you can do if nothing else has worked. So you replace the baby back into the vagina and redline it to the OR. If you can get to an operating room, that's not a bad thing. It's just a matter of whether you can do that quickly. You also need to make sure, of course, that you have an OR available. So that's why you want to be calling for help early on. So your OB colleagues, you want them to come down and help you, but you also want them getting an operating room ready for that patient in case you are unsuccessful. Now, to perform the Zavarelli maneuver, you rotate the baby's head back to the occipit anterior position and then flex and reposition the head back into the vagina. This takes pressure off the umbilical cord and, again, is going to prevent hypoxemia. All right, Jenny, how about some take-home points on this particular topic? Of course. First, if you have a patient with a cord prolapse, elevate the presenting part to take pressure off the cord. Place the patient in Trendelenburg and fill the bladder, then redline it to the OR for a C-section. Second, nuchal cord is common, but likely not too dangerous. Just gently unwrap the umbilical cord and the fetus should be just fine. And then last, shoulder dystocia isn't common, but it's a true emergency as the fetus can suffer severe hypoxia or even death. You've got about five minutes to deliver the baby. Immediately call for help from the OB. Place a Foley catheter to drain the bladder and place mom's legs so that her knees are pressed all the way up into her chest. This helps open up the pelvis and give more room for the shoulder to be delivered. If that doesn't work, you can try the wood screw maneuver or place the mom on all fours. If you've got an OR ready, you can push the head back up in as an option, but only if you have an OR available immediately. Those are some great pearls. And again, I strongly recommend reading that article from Journal of Emergency Medicine highlighting all of these different maneuvers. And then you just want to have a couple of them in your head and ready to go for when you see that shoulder dystocia. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, 
and see you all next week.